Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Great to see you all, great to see the place packed, great to see new faces. Welcome, my name's Dave and if you're new here, I hope you have a special welcome this morning and you feel relaxed with us today. And... Uh, um, why don't we give a big shout out for everyone that's listening on podcast? Come on. Great opportunity, a great resource. And um, I'm really excited about the season of church that we're in at the moment. Lots going on. And a big thank you to everyone else that signed up to the 90 Day Tithe Challenge um, in this season. Every year we run, we've been running this and we've been teaching an annual um, sermon series on, on giving and just blown away. In, and humbled by people's sort of response to it, feedback to the message series, and also people that are signing up to stuff. So thank you so much for that. We're praying for you. The next couple of things I want to mention, we've got newcomers, welcome lunch. If you're new or newish to the church the last few months or so, we'd love to welcome you to um, a welcome lunch on the June the 30th, um, 12th to 2. There's a sign-up sheet in the foyer, or you can sign up online, and you can hear about the vision of the church, the mission of the church, and our values, get to meet some of the team, and we'd love to invite you to that. And finally... The start course, I'm really excited about this. Who knows that our journey of faith is about taking steps in Jesus, isn't it? About growing in, and we realize that some people in this room and and listening are on different stages of the journey. Now this start course is a brand new course and it's right at the beginning. It teaches the very basics of the Christian faith. It's only in six six weeks, six sessions, which is really, really good. And we love Alpha, but Alpha's quite long, so we're doing this start course and it starts on the Sunday, the 7th of July. If you want to know more information about that, you can sign up um, on our sign-up sheet in the foyer or sign up online. And it's looking at different questions that people have around the Christian faith, getting to know um, who Jesus is, what the, the journey of life is all about. So sign up for that if you want to know more about that. Maybe if you've got people in your, in your world, friends, family, that don't yet know Jesus, this would be ideal for them. In a relaxed setting, they can find out and explore the meaning of life together. Wonderful, wonderful. So last week, we started our, the first part of our new sermon series called Galatians, Freedom in Christ. And uh, I'm just going to do a quick recap from last week. So last week, um, this is the key verse sorry, for our Galatians series. I wonder if we can say this out loud together. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It's found in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. A book of Galatians written by um, a great guy in the Bible called Paul. And it was believed to be one of his first letters that he wrote to a group of churches in Galatia, modern-day Turkey. And last week, we saw this thought. It's worth fighting for. You've got to fight for your right, not to party, but for freedom. You've got to fight for your right for freedom. And here, what's happening is, is Paul established this church in Galatia, a group of churches in Galatia, and about 18 um, months on, since he started, he's heard some news, actually, that they're going away from the truth of the gospel that he proclaimed to them right at the beginning. And so he writes this, this message, this, this letter to them, and he does not pull any pun- punches. Why? Because some things are worth fighting for. Some things are worth fighting for. And he's fighting for these churches that they will not, he's, called, he's saying that they've been deserting the faith because he's so passionate that they would just grow in their love of Jesus and won't det- don't deter away from the truth which he proclaimed at the very beginning. You've got to fight for your right for freedom. And that was last week. And you can, if you were aware, you can miss it. Miss it. You can tune in on podcast and listen to that. So part two this week, when our best isn't 
good enough. When our best isn't good enough, and we're going to be looking at chapter two of Galatians, ever feel that your best isn't good enough? <laughs> I'm sure if we're honest across this room, listening today, there's times in our lives when we all feel that our best isn't good enough. There's a time in my life, I was, um, I was at primary school, and primary school is the formative years, aren't they? Where you learn a lot, and it seems to last forever. School years seem to last forever, don't they? Um, and uh, I love maths. Daniel loves maths, he must have get it from me. Um, I love maths, but there's one area of maths that I could not get my head around, and it was fractions. Anyone, give me a wave if you're, if you're with me on that page. I just could not get my head around fractions. And what made it worse is the person who taught our, our class was the headmaster, Mr. Ramsey. He taught our class, he was quite strict. And I was trying my best, I love maths, but I remember one time he, he, he shouted at me in the classroom because I couldn't quite get it. And I remember, I remember crying. That was hard. I remember crying and, oh, you know, I went, went home to mum and dad, oh, I just don't, don't get it, don't get it. And sometimes we just need help from outside, don't we? We need outside help. Sometimes the best that we can do is not good enough. And um, so I heard this thing, even at a young age, that if you, if you start to speak positively to yourself, that you can do it. So I then start to speak the whole day, going around the house, whatever I was doing, saying, I can do fractions, I can do fractions, I can do fractions. I went around the whole house, whatever I was doing, playing with my toys, going outside, I can do fractions. And I felt really good about being able to do fractions. And then my, um, my cousin, my mum asked my, her sister, saying, look, David, that's what I was called, David. David can't do fractions. Can Paul, my cousin Paul, help? Because he was doing A-levels at the time. And I was doing it when I was in primary school. Yes, and so he spent a few sessions with me trying to explain fractions. Looking at pies. I wish he used a real pie. Come on. You're going to do it. Do it properly. Get a cake. Get a gatto, chocolate gatto. Cut it up into halves or into quarters or into thirds. And then give a piece to me. Yes, that's one third. Yes, give me the next two thirds. Yeah. That would be the way to But you do it on a diagram. But it, it was beginning to help. It was beginning to help me. And after a bit of work and after a bit of, eventually, I could do fractions. I needed a bit of self-belief and I needed outside help. And the truth is, friends, that we all need outside help sometimes. It seems like we are wrestling with, and sometimes we just can't do it. We try to do it on our own. We try to get do it our best, but we just can't do it. Maybe some of us are, are, are wrestling with, with issues with relationships, and we just need outside help, or our marriages sometimes. There's this strain, there's tensions that come in, and we need outside help. Maybe there's a, a task that you just can't do. For me, it was fractions. Maybe for you, it's part of your job or your working life. You just can't do it. Maybe you need help getting on with your neighbours. Yeah? <laughs> Sometimes we... Uh, and, and there's so many things that we need help with. Maybe you've been praying for... If you're a Christian here today, you've been praying for a family member or friend that you just wished... Oh, God, would they come to know you? Maybe you've been sharing your faith with them and you've been praying fervently. God, would you save them? Would you help them to see the light? Help them to see that you love them and know them? And it's just not working. It's just not working. And maybe, just maybe, you need outside help. Outside help comes from various different sources, people, God. But sometimes we just can't do and our best is not good enough. We've got this uh, thought for our, this today. It's about his grace, not our goodness. 
I mentioned this last week that even our best days will never be good enough. Our best days will never be good enough. It's about his grace, not our goodness. Every situation that we face in life, it's not about how good you can be. Yes, we can seek training and we can seek skilling and getting new knowledge and new skills practically, and that is really good. But when we realize that really, when it boils down to it, it's about him and not us, we can look at any situation with a fresh pair of eyes. God's grace, an acronym for God's riches at Christ's expense, is about what God can do for us and through us, not what we can do ourselves. And so as we turn to chapter 2, of Galatians. Here we see Paul. Paul in, his, in, his, in chapter 1 was defending his apostleship because people in, in Galatia were sort of accusing him of, 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 of not being a real apostle. Ah, you're not being, they've come away from the truth, the gospel message that he proclaimed and you're not really an apostle and there he is defending his apostleship how he wasn't part of the original 12 disciples. He never learnt um, the gospel, the good news message from Jesus himself. And he never learnt it from the other original 12 disciples. But he learnt it through revelation, direct revelation from Jesus Christ himself. And here we find ourselves in, in chapter 2. And now he's looking at the, the gospel message, the actual message itself. Because if the message he's preaching, if the message he's been teaching is not from God, if it's man-made, then... We can do with it what we want. We can put it on deaf ears. We can just ignore it. But it really is truly from God. Then we have to listen to what Paul taught. And more importantly, the Galatian churches have to listen to what Paul taught all those years ago. So we're going to read this, this chapter. We're going to read all the chapters. I think it's really good to read the word of God. And uh, we're going to explain it. And then we're going to see how we can apply to our, our, our lives these many years later. Paul accepted by the apostles. Then after 14 years, so at this point, Paul has not met um, the, the disciples. Then he met with Peter, um, and then years have passed by. And after 14 years, I went again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation and meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders. I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. Isn't this great? It's now comes to the time when Paul actually wants to bring to the other church leaders, the other apostles who are meeting in Jerusalem, saying, look, this is, what I've been, this is who I am. This is what I've been teaching. This is the signs and wonders that I've been experiencing in my ministry. Um, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? It's good, isn't it, sometimes to get a sounding ball from those um, entrusted to look over, over us and help us. And in verse 3, um, yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy out our freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. So here's the deal. Paul was a Jew. He calls himself the Jew of all Jews. Okay? And this message, by the way, is not about anti-Jewish um, or Judaism. This is not about that. But Paul was a Jew. Peter was a Jew. Disciples, many of the disciples in, in Jerusalem were Jews. Titus wasn't. He was a Greek. And one of the things about, about Judaism, there's, there's law. And what's happening is some Christian Jews, 
Christian Jews had gone into the church in Galatia and they were saying, it's great about this gospel that Paul's preaching, but you need to, men, you need to be circumcised. Give me a wave. No, don't. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, okay. So I don't like, personally, I don't like the sound of that anyway. But they were compelling. They were compelling that they had to, men had to be circumcised and actually they had to follow the whole law. And Paul was viewing this as actually they're losing their freedom. You've got in Galatia non-Jewish people as well as some Jewish people. And by compelling them to, to follow the law, he felt they were bringing them into, into slavery, into bondage, into a sense of you will earn your freedom in Christ by what you do, not by a free gift of faith. So verse 5, we did not give, it, give, give in to it for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. As for those who are held in high esteem, he's talking about the, the leaders in Jerusalem now, whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. So what he's saying is he presented their message of what he was preaching and they added nothing. They didn't say, great, but you need to focus on this. They added nothing to it. On the contrary, they recognised that I had been entrusted with a task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised. That's the, that's the non-Jewish people. Just as Peter had been to the circumcised. So here we've got two callings. Peter is called to preach the message to, to Jews. And we've got Paul who's been called to preach the message to non-Jews. Gentiles, we call them. Okay? Give me a wave if you're not a Jewish person here today. So you're the Gentile, as the Bible would call you. Okay, so isn't that great? Jews, Gentiles, the whole world, that is who the gospel message is all for. It's for everyone. It's all inclusive. Eight, for God who was at work in Peter as an apostle to, be, to the circumcised was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Cephas, as Peter, and John, these esteemed as, as pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognised the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. So they said, go ahead, you carry on going to the, the, the non-Jews and we'll keep going to the Jews and together we'll share the word of God and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I'd been eager to do all along. And then in verse 11, we have a, an interesting situation. Um, that happens. An event arises with Peter. Peter. And um, the thing about rules and regulations, if you have rules and regulations, you have to keep them. And if you don't keep them, then judgmentalism can come in. Don't give me a wave, but have you ever judged anyone? The reality is we're judging all the time. What do you mean, Dave? Well, we see with our eyes and we make a, a thought or evaluation about a situation, a circumstance of people. And here, uh, an issue of judgmentalism comes in. And Paul actually talks to Peter, or Cephas as he's called, talks to Peter and, and, it's, and, and says to his face, actually, you know, what you're doing is wrong. So what happens? In verse 11, when Cephas, or Paul, sorry, Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. What, the great apostle Peter has done something wrong? Well, we've all done things wrong, haven't we? So the great thing is, Paul addresses the situation, talks to him, and then it's resolved. But in verse 12, we see what happened. For before certain men came from James, 
James is the, the brother of Jesus. He used to eat with the Gentiles. So Peter, being a Jew, he used to eat with the Gentiles. The, the issue is this. If you are a Jew and you follow the law, you are not allowed to eat with non-Jews, with Gentiles. That's the issue. So before um, certain men came from James, Peter used to eat with the, the, the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. So this is a group that comes with Jewish people. And actually, they're so adamant about, actually, it's about the, the Jewish way of doing things. That actually, you know, you must, if you're a Jew, you can't eat with the Gentiles. And so Peter was scared of them. And so what he was practicing about eating and being all inclusive with the, the Gentiles and non-Jewish people, suddenly he stopped, stopped doing what he, he believed to be true and started following what these people were saying. Thinking about rules and regulations, living a life of that, it leads to division and not unity. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the message, the good news of Jesus Christ is all about inclusivity. It brings people in. It brings people in around the meal table. It brings people in a life. Whether we were caught in the darkest, deepest sin, it does not matter because Jesus makes a way for us to come to Jesus through faith in Jesus Christ. It's all inclusive. The other Jews joined him in his, in his hypocrisy. So by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas, in front of them all, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? So he's saying, look, you're being a hypocrite. You're saying one thing, but living another way. Come on, Peter. And then in verse 15, we see a bit more of an explanation. But let me just say this. I remember being at, at school and around the lunch table, you'd have lunch. And often there would be the, the cool people and the not cool people, the in crowd and the out crowd. And people would sit together. And maybe you feel that the, out, the in crowd are, are judging the out, the, the out crowd because they're together and they think they're not too, uh, cool enough to be with us, to eat our lunch with us. But then maybe in the out crowd, the not so cool gang, Maybe I would judge those that were eaten together. We make separations, we make judgments all the time, don't we? It's not just about Peter there, who we eat our meals with. But judgmentalism brings division. And Paul's saying, this isn't right. The gospel is about bringing people together. Inclusivity. Embracing our differences. He's not, called, he's not making Jewish people non-Jewish people. It's not meant to making non-Jewish people Jewish people. It's embracing people where they're coming from, but saying, come on, there's a way. And in the Council of Jerusalem in Acts chapter 15, they actually agreed. What you're saying is good, Paul. Okay, go back to people and just say four things. Four things that people are meant to do. And it wasn't about being, being circumcised or following the whole law. Just abstain from things offered to idols. Abstain from blood. Um, living a sanctified life, and you can read it in Acts chapter 15. But in verse 15 here at Galatians chapter 2, then Paul goes into a great piece. He says, We who are Jews by birth are not sinful Gentiles. Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ, and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. He's saying this. 
If you do your best according to the law, you'll never be good enough. The law was never meant to make you righteous. It was meant to be a guardian. It was meant to be a tutor to teach you the, the ways of God until the time when the Messiah came, Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ, then the full redemption, full salvation would come. And your best is never good enough. You following the law is never going to be good enough. But to be good enough, it's just literally receiving by faith. Everyone say by faith. Receiving by faith the gift of Christ. It's not what you do. It's not what you say. It's by believing in Jesus and who he was. He was who he said he was. And then you will be justified. I love an explanation justified. Just if I'd never sinned. Yeah, just if I'd never sinned. So if you are a believer, if you're a believer, then I'm almost like what you've done in the past it makes no difference. Someone could come to you and say, yeah, but you did that. You go, what? 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 Now, there's, there's, we have to, if we've done past mistakes, sometimes there's, there's consequences to that and we have to live up to that. Okay. Sometimes I know Christians who've come to faith and because of, of sins that have been against the law, they've had to go to prison to live up there. There's, but, but the sins have been forgiven by Jesus, justified, never sinned. And that's nothing we can work in, nothing we can gain by our best efforts. It's just receiving it through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus, forgive me. I believe you are the Son of God. Wipe me clean, wash me. Thank you that your blood was shed for me. You died, so I don't have to die. The wrath of God was placed on Jesus, not on me. I receive it as a free gift. And your sins are washed away. Wonderful. Verse 17. But if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. What he's saying is this. Um, what happens if you've received this free gift? Justification, it's called. Just if I've never sinned. You've said, forgive me, Lord, and then you go and sin. Paul's saying, is Jesus, a, 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 um, is he promoting sin? No. Because there's a difference between justification and sanctification. Justification says, I, I come to a relationship with Jesus through faith, not what I do. But sanctification is learning to live a life that says, I died. I died with Jesus. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. It's a process. It's a journey. It's about being set apart for what God has intended. Sanctification really means when something is brought back to its original purpose. Our original purpose was to live sinless with a relationship with God. And sanctification does that. When we commit our lives to God, saying, would you, uh, would you forgive me? Justification. And then we live our lives. And then we might mess up. God, forgive me for that. Keep our short accounts with God. But God, I've got this situation. I've got this hurt. I've got this, this issue I've never dealt with. How do I deal with it? And you ask the maker for the instructions. You ask God about how you're meant to live that life. And that is sanctification. That is God bringing you into the divine order, which is living to please him. If you've got a, a, I don't know, you've got a gadget at home, you've got a, you bought yourself a, I don't know, a computer, and you're not quite sure how to turn it on, what do you do? You consult the instructions. 
You consult, you consult the, the, the instructions. You ask the maker. We consult the instructions. We consult the instructions. Holy Spirit, lead me in this situation. I do not know what to do. I need outside help. Amen? For through the law, I died, verse 19, to the law, that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. See, three times he says, I died. See, I died. I have been crucified. I no longer live. Who no longer lives? So what he's not saying, he's not saying that you're going you're gonna to physically die, but you spiritually died. Dave Bolton, the person that wants his way, the person that wants to do things his way, wants to live life by my principles. I know best. I know best. I don't know best. I have to die. I have to die so that Christ can live, live in me. So I asked Jesus, Jesus, help me in this situation I'm facing. Help me. Give me wisdom that I don't know. And Holy Spirit gives me wisdom. Holy Spirit will give you wisdom too. As you no longer live, but Christ lives in you and through you, through his Holy Spirit. The life I I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So we live a life of faith. It's all about faith. It's all about faith. Now, as we do go through life and and we we seek the Lord and we live according to his principles, then we get wisdom. So when we face another situation that's similar, okay, well, that helped last time. Lord, do you want me to live that way? Yes. So principles. There's principles. There's precepts that help us to live our lives. But God wants us to live by faith. The just will live by faith, said Habakkuk. I do not set... um, uh, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. That is the gospel of grace. God working in us and through us. When we live our lives according to his pattern and his design, that is grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. But we have to die. We have to let him live through us us so it's about his grace not our goodness and that's great do you know what this takes the pressure off friends this takes the pressure off I don't know what to do we'll join the club (laughs) join the club of I don't know what to do because the great thing is he knows what to do he knows what to do you have lack you have situations you're facing you have circumstances that are beyond your 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 wisdom your you don't it could be all hell is breaking loose but he knows what to do it's about his grace not our goodness, not our best efforts. So three things for us today. If your best isn't good enough, then grace, everyone say grace. Grace Grace is about, number one, embracing, not excluding. Embracing, not excluding. It's about looking for people, looking for people, looking for people, reaching out to people. In your workplace, do you just embrace those that you know? In your neighbours, neighbourhoods, streets, do you just talk to one set of neighbours and not the other for any reason? Let's not give Peter a hard time. He wouldn't have lunch, wouldn't have meal with the non-Jews where he used to. And Paul said, no, that's wrong. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ, embraces, it does not exclude. 
Where do you need to be inclusive and embracing of someone in your world? You see, God spoke to Peter right at the beginning after Jesus died. He said, you know, don't, don't, uh, he says, you know, he says, I'm calling you to, to uh, don't call unclean what I've called holy. And he was talking about the Gentiles. And then G- Peter had a time when he was actually praying and ministering to Gentiles, non-Jewish people. Don't call unclean what I have called holy, set apart, special. Peter had to learn about embracing. And this time he'd forgotten about it. Paul, him, Paul brings him up to an account. Who do you need to embrace in your world? Who are you excluding? Maybe not intentionally, but who is Holy Spirit bringing onto your heart? Actually, I've got plans for them. By you connecting with them, by you being kind to them, by you having a good word to say to them, by you encouraging them, could take them on a step on their journey towards knowing me. It may not be through you, it might be eventually through someone else, but we all have, a, we all have parts to play, don't we, in, in salvation. Embracing not excluding. Number two, grace is about faith and not function. Justification, just if I'd never sinned. And it is an act of faith. I believe it, therefore I receive it. I believe it, therefore I receive it. And God sets us free. When we do things wrong, there's a punishment, isn't there? There's a, if we break the law, we go before a judge. And the judge rules us guilty. Have you ever lied? Have you ever stolen? Ever gossiped? Have you ever been unkind? Ever murdered? We have different scales of the weight of sin, but to God, sin is sin. But when we come to God and say, God, would you forgive me? We stand before the judge. And the judge hears our case and he says, not guilty. Why? Because someone has to pay the price. Jesus paid the price. Jesus paid the price. Everything you've done wrong, said wrong or thought wrong, has been put on Jesus. He paid the price by dying. He laid it down his life. He He wasn't just arrested. He wasn't just put upon him and crucified. He laid down his life. He gave his life for you and I. For your sin and my sin. Yeah. So that we could be brought into a living faith and a living relationship with God the Father. Wonderful. It's not our efforts. It's not us following the law. It's through faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Does that mean we can just do what we want then? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We can't just live as we want to at that point. We need to keep following God. And number three, grace is about dying and not doing. It's about dying and not doing, friends. It's about not trying to do it in your own strength, but dying to what you know. Dying to your best wisdom, dying to your best efforts and asking him for help. This week we've been um, celebrating, haven't we, 75 years of the, of the D-Day landings. It's been amazing, hasn't it? Um, and I've got this, this, this thought here, die with Christ and you rise with Christ. When we die, we don't stay dead. If we say, God, would you forgive me of my sins? We died on that cross with Jesus. And we rise to new life in him. That means we will live forever with God, having been friends of God. Isn't that right? And the D-Day landing, we, I don't know if you saw this on Breakfast TV this, this week. Um, it was wonderful. A, a guy called Harry Belinge was interviewed. Um, 
and uh, obviously they have been thanked for all of his, wo- his work in the, in the World War. And he said to me this, he said to the interviewer this quote, he said, don't thank me and don't say I'm a hero. All the heroes are dead and I'll never forget them as long as I live. It was such a touching, you might have seen it on social media, such a touching um, tribute as we honour those that gave. And the whole D-Day landings, they uh, invaded Normandy and it talks about like, Bullets being fired over their heads, 88 millimeter bullets coming towards them. Many, many, many died. They died. So you and I can know freedom today. Yeah. And he, Harry, said, the real heroes are those that died. The real hero is him who died. Jesus died for you and for me. So that our sins are nailed to the cross and that we are free. Yeah. The judge says, sin, what sin? Yeah. What sin? Yeah. But, justification. But, there's a process. John writes this. This is Jesus' words. Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, or anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Jesus isn't saying, I want you to hate your life, because God has has come to give us life and life eternal. But he wants us to die. Die to the life that you want to hold on to. Die to your best decisions. Die to your own wisdom. And say, God, I need you. I need you. When you feel tempted to sin, we can't just sin, but we do. We ask God, God, give me self-control. God, help me not to gossip. God, help me to exercise restraint. If we've got issues in our life, God, I've got lack. I, I, I need you. God, give me wisdom. Show me what to do. Show me what to do. Friends, if you're asking for direction right now, if you're asking for God to show you, ask him. And he will show you. But we trust him. We trust him. And he'll show us in the right way, in the right time, so we'll understand it. And this is all about sanctification. Becoming the right thing that God intended for our lives. Becoming holy. Becoming set apart. It's about dying to self. And it's a bit like this. It's a bit like a prisoner. Being... being, um, there's been some different uh, research recently, well, not recently, over, over many years, but even recently, last sort of couple of years, where they realised that when prisoners have been in prison for any length of time, four years, but sometimes people have been in prison for many years, 20 years, and they are released, in their mindset, they're still a prisoner. They're still a prisoner. They've been living in the confines of a small space. They can't choose their spaces. They can't choose their, their, all their relationships. They haven't got the freedom to eat what they want. They've not known freedom. They've been confined. And then release day comes, and they might be excited, but in the confines of prison, they've had to act tough. They couldn't show vulnerability unless they're set upon by other inmates. But freedom comes, but they don't know what really what to do with their freedom. They don't really know what to live, and often some of them don't integrate back into society very well. Some of them may, may re-offend. But true freedom is about learning 
to be free. Learning to be free. Learning to put aside our, the confines of what we've known and to learn what freedom is all about. And friends, the truth is for you and I, we've been prisoners of sin. We've been prisoners of sin. And when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, he forgives us our sins. He says, sin, what sin? I've forgiven it. Now we need to step, learn this, the process of God. Help me to die. Help me to live. Help me to walk, not by my own wisdom, not by my own best efforts, but by your grace and trust in you. Friends, we need to learn what it is to walk in freedom. Maybe some of us here today feel, well, I'm a, I'm a Christ follower, I'm a Christian, but there's areas in my life that I don't feel free in. Well, I'm sure many of us can relate to that. Different areas where God, we are works in progress, aren't we? Works where God is just dealing with different issues all the time. But we say, God, I've got to die to that area. I've got to die to that area. Grace is about dying and not doing. Friends, it's not about your best efforts. It's not about your best days. It's not about your goodness. It's about the goodness of the one who came, the one who taught, the one who died, the one who saves, and saves still today. Let's pray. Just right now, in your heart, maybe you know an area that you feel you haven't got freedom in. Maybe you're a Christ follower here today and you just know there's an area of your life that you do not know freedom in. Well, God will say to you today, you need outside help. Number one, you need to ask him for help. Holy Spirit, it might be even painful. Maybe some of you even now, you're thinking of a, of a thing and it's even bringing tears to your eyes. Well, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't come to, to hurt us, but sometimes we need to embrace the pain of past mistakes or learning to be free so he can make us whole in every area of our lives. Thank God he doesn't deal with everything at the same time. But it's a journey, it's a process. It's steps, it's stages. And God would say, would you give that area to him? It could be a past relationship. It could be a past failure past mistake God says just give it to me give it to me I died that you may know wholeness and freedom in your life give it to me maybe some of you need to ask for help in terms of maybe having um, some prayer ministry or some counselling some input from a, a Christian don't hold it to yourself the devil would want you to keep hidden because he wants you to be captive but God wants to bring things to the surface you may know true freedom in your life. Go to the maker. Ask him for instructions. If that's you right now, I just want to pray a prayer for you. Father, I pray for those that are in their hearts who don't know freedom today. Oh, Holy Spirit, thank you that you're so good. You're so kind. You're so gentle. Spirit of God, you're so gentle. Oh, paraclete, you come alongside. You come alongside to bring healing. You come alongside to help. And I pray for anyone today that just needs that touch in you, that needs to just journey with you every step of the way.
there's no freedom in a certain area that they would know that in Jesus name in Jesus name and right now I'm just going to ask you to be brave maybe today you wouldn't call yourself a Christ follower come on today can be your day we've heard all about grace we've been singing about grace grace has been all over this service and maybe today is your day where you can say I want to follow Jesus I want to know what it means to be justified justified never sinned oh the freedom that comes the freedom that comes from knowing Jesus you've never never given your life to Jesus well today this moment can be your moment and I ask you to be brave I'm going to lead you in a prayer Christian Christ follower, maybe you're far from God, your heart is cold. And today is your day to come back to God. We're not asking you to join this church, we're asking you to come back to Jesus, to give your life afresh to Jesus. Say, God, I died with you on that cross. Take my life. I don't want to, no longer want to live for myself, I want to live to please you. So if that's you right now, just pray this prayer with me. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus. I ask you to forgive me for my sin. I ask you to wash me from all unrighteousness. Thank you for dying for me. I give control of my life to you. This day, I die so that you can live through me, so that you can give me new hope and new purpose. Help my life to count and help my life to make a difference. In the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. 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 We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.